0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire?
1: You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. The Mavs got their first really really good win of the season against a very good Denver Nuggets team at American Airlines Center uh, we're going to talk about KP continuing to play excellent basketball the chemistry between him and Luca uh, Jalen Brunson continuing to you know strengthen a six man of the year case for him and a lot of other things so we appreciate y'all tuning in let's get it going hi this is Luca Doncic
0: can he get it away in time on the step back he does he is he is and the Mavericks
2: have won the game. Luca Dodges
1: with a 30-footer to win it at the horn. And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Now, the only thing wrong with that intro video is that uh, Matt Galatson is not able to join me today, so <laughs> didn't have time to edit that part out, but I am joined today by a good friend of the pod uh we are on twitter all the time talking all things mavs it's kirk henderson from mavs Moneyball. uh they have a ton of high quality work over there via writing and podcasting be sure to go over there and uh check out everything they do you can find him at kirk serious face on twitter kirk how's it going man how you doing the day after that great win over denver
2: i'm good it was a it was a good win um halftime things felt a little bleak Third quarter, things didn't really feel great. And then Denver stopped being able to score for just long enough for the Mavericks to take the lead really quickly. And they were able to uh, hold on. And, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about in that game. Um, I feel like Coach Jason Kidd had been fairly slow to make adjustments. And that game, he was not. Um, and it was really, it was, it was fun to see because. You know, losing that game wouldn't have been the end of the world, but it would have been frustrating because they've just they haven't really beaten a great you know a good to great team yet, and that was a key win.
1: Yeah, and I, I've I've seen a, a lot of people say, well, you know, they were missing Will Barton and they were missing uh, Michael Porter Jr. and they were on the second night of a back to back. But you know, when the Mavs played the Nuggets the first time and they got blown out in Denver, uh, they were also on the second night of a back to back and they yeah. didn't have KP. Uh, so, I mean, it, you know, it goes both ways there. Sure. And they're playing, they were playing the altitude on the second night of a back to back. So, you know, it goes both ways. That's just how, that's the nature of the beast in the NBA. And regardless, it's a good win because when you have the reigning MVP in Nikola Jokic, uh, and you don't have any bigs who have even a hope of stopping him
3: right.
1: <laughs> offensively. Uh, any win over the Nuggets is a good win. So yeah. uh, it was great to see, especially considering that the Mavs scored 14 points in the second quarter, just a complete stinker of a second quarter. It was awful. Like that, that they were able to overcome that is amazing to me. And the offense continues to look a lot better than what it did in the early part of the season. Uh, the chemistry between Luka and KP specifically is what's very encouraging to me. Because uh, you know KP, he's got it going offensively. Uh, J Kid and Luca have made a very, a very big effort at the beginning of games to get him the ball and try to get him going and keep him engaged from the jump. And so far, that has worked out well. You know, he's he's you know, there's a couple of defensive lapses. You know, we saw it last night. There were a few plays when Bobo was in the game where. It made – you know, he made KP look silly for a little bit. But uh, I think it was you that pointed out on Twitter that KP didn't let that get him down. He just kept going after that. And that's what you like to see from him. That kind of determination, that kind of play from him, being engaged throughout the entire game is what this team needs from KP. And if he continues to play like he has, then, you know, all those lofty preseason expectations are, you know, probably going to be realized if he can stay healthy.
2: Well, it's – you know, I, I want to level this thought with understanding I'm looking at the big picture, but if we're going to be quite honest with ourselves, going back to the start of the 2020-2021 season, we really didn't see Porzingis respond very well to adversity. Um, it was one of the kind of consistent criticisms of how he would sort of go into a shell or powder, or wouldn't really play very hard. So, the fact that he got worked by Bull Bowl, Bowl was pretty frustrating. Bull had only played 16 <laughs> minutes the entire season. Yeah. And he went in and, and, frankly, kicked KP's ass for a minute or two. And that KP bounced back is pretty important uh, because it's not, so. you know, there was another play. I talked about this on my show last night. Uh, he got Porzingis on the left wing and not Porzing. Uh, uh, he got uh, Jokic on the left wing and drove left to the basket. Jokic blocked him. It was kind of one of those things where I'm like, OK, oh, P, why are you doing this? Jokic blocked him. But instead of trying to throw up another shot, he collected the ball back and then passed it out. And, and uh, Brunson made a really nice play. And it's the sort of calmness that he's playing with that I'm really, really enjoying. Um, I just saw this. This just crossed my timeline. And I think it's really, very relevant to our discussion because you said that, you know, they're, they're looking for ways to keep KP involved. KP is also doing a good job of not doing the things that drive us crazy. He said, Mike Mike Prada at at Mike Prada NBA says, I love how much Chris Stapps Porzingis moved off ball last night. When he stands still, seeks out shots, or tries to post smaller players, he makes himself ineffective. But when he moves around, when he finds pockets of space and turns his speed and quick release into strengths, he plays well. Like, and that that was what he's been doing for two days in a row. I mean, I'm, I really love his shot chart. He, he took a few more long twos yesterday, but he's not subsisting on a diet of long twos like it's 2005. Like, I was just – I've been really impressed with the little things that he's doing and that he's – I don't want to say he's accepting a role because that feels like talking down to a, a star player. But he's he's playing a really specific brand of basketball right now that is helping. And, and I, I was just delighted because I honestly expected he does not play Jokic well historically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I love how he's playing right now. And, you know, given the stuff he's doing, you know, he's not just a jump shooter. He's not just, you know, standing there shooting threes or, you know, uh, a lot of the time early, or earlier in the season before he had his back tightness issue, it was a lot of force feeding him in the paint and he was taking these horrible fadeaway shots over defenders that he should probably be trying to back down if anything else. Uh, But that he's not just taking those three pointers and he's pump faking and he's able to drive to the rim and do some Uh more stuff like that. It sets up stuff like what we saw towards the end of the game last night. And, and look, I'm not saying that KP is going to be this guy that's throwing these kind of passes all the time, but we had this one instance where, uh, you know, he gives it to Luca. Luka jabs, fakes his man out, gives it back to KP, and KP just threads the needle between Jokic and Aaron Gordon, and it ends up in a, a goal 10 for Luca on a layup. Like that was just that was incredible. That gave me chills watching that. I'm like, we have never seen this kind of connection, at least that way, KP to Luca. Uh, well, yeah, like, like
2: and it's really on. <laughs> It's really a credit to both of them because, frankly, Luca has a tendency to let the ball stick in his hands, and so does Porzingis. And they pass the ball back and forth to each other twice in less than a seven second span. And what do you know? You got an easy basket. Like, it is impossible to defend the ball
1: when it's moving that quickly. Yeah, beautiful basketball, and that, that's the thing I've, I've really noticed these last couple of games. Even, even against Chicago, you know, it, it broke down uh, at the end of that second quarter, and they, they weren't really able to recover from that lapse. But even going back to the Chicago game, like just the way they're moving the ball around now compared to how it was at the beginning of the season, you can feel it starting to become a little bit more fun than Mm -hmm. what it was it's not it's not sticking as much it's not just a drag every game and i think they're really starting to carve out an identity for themselves i think you know at the beginning of the year jason kidd said that defense was going to be the main thing and sure enough uh, so far in my opinion that you know they've stuck to that 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 seems to be a very real thing they're they're playing well defensively uh Kidd, he ran out of lineup last night uh I think it was to start the fourth, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. where he had Dorian Finney Smith at the five. Uh-huh. And the entire lineup was versatile. They could switch anything, it gave the Nuggets fits. So that's the first time we've seen an adjustment like that. Uh, Dwight Powell, who's averaged 24 points per game uh, yes. in the previous. Oh, sorry, not points per if game. He was that, averaging
2: twenty four points the, <laughs> per game. He would be really
1: excited. Yeah, that would actually justify starting him if that was the case. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, twenty four minutes per game in the previous eleven, and then these last two, he's averaged around sixteen, seventeen points per game. So I think I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's an actual adjustment they've made. You know, I've I've said it on the last couple of pods that DP in moderation is best for this team. Too much DP and the Mavs get drunk. So. Sure. Um, I really like the way it's trending right now. You know, the team I think if before this season, if we said, okay, after 13 games, this team's gonna be nine and four, they're gonna be third in the West, uh, especially compared to last season when I think they started off nine and fourteen uh last year. So I mean this is this is like almost bliss, you know, if you (laughs) If you hadn't watched the first handful of games, you'd be thinking, man, this team's pretty good and, you know, they're, they're going to continue growing from here. But where are you at right now from just like an overall morale, optimism, pessimism? What, where are you at right now with this team based on what we've seen? I'm feeling pretty
2: good. I mean, we've, we've talked about this online and anybody that can look at the schedule can see what's coming. These next six games are going to be very tough. I've been trying to determine what sort of the bar will be in for for me because these these teams are playing are frankly really really good and you know when you're all on the road it's going to be a little difficult so it's like at the moment I'm feeling very cautiously optimistic understanding that you bank games so that if you have a rough stretch it's it's weatherable if that's a word um I will say that it's it's one of the things I'm very curious about, and like one of the things Rick Carlisle did, which drove me crazy, is he would find something that works and then either beat the crap out of it or go away from it entirely. And so last year they didn't run any, (laughs) like they ran very little Luca KP pick and roll, and that's what we're seeing a fairly healthy diet of. And I, you know, uh, Josh and I were talking about this. Is I can't really think of a good reason for them to go away from it. Like teams need to stop it. One of the things I we didn't even talk about it, that I really would like to emphasize in Porzingis' role is he him as the role man last night made a couple of really delightful plays off of of the pick and roll when they were doubling Luco really high, and when Powell gets the ball there near the free throw line, it's like a, ah. Uh, yeah. Must do something. <laughs> Porzingis like kind of calmly surveyed. He spun. He made a pass to uh, I want to say it was Brunson, who then kicked it to the corner on one of those traps. And it's just like that's the sort of thing where if Porzingis can even be a functional short roll man, where he doesn't turn the ball over, where even if he doesn't make the right play every time, but if he's doing something and the ball is still moving, I think the the Mavericks are going to be really hard to, def- to to play against because if you get the Mavericks in a four on three situation, they should be able to score most of the time with the offensive guys they have on the floor. You know, you, you talked about how Powell and uh, Dorian Finney Smith are playing less, or at least how Powell's playing less. Dorian Finney Smith is also playing less. And yeah. I, I love Dorian, but the Mavericks asked too much of him and have put him in situations this year where it, through the first 12 games of the year, he had more, he had like, uh, as many turnovers as he had in the first twenty-four games of the previous year. Like you can't put him in these situations to make. He's just not good at this stuff. So, so by figuring out who's good at what, and I, I think there's there's a lot of little stuff that they can continue to build on. And you know, with Maxi being out of the lineup, he adds a, another uh, piece that can come back in. The depth with that, that Bullock brings and then Frank Nilakina brings just adds just this little like like margin of versatility that they're able to play with to try some new things that they just weren't able to
1: last year. Well, I and how much validity do you think there is to this? Cause I've seen we Matt and I, we've talked about it in the past, but you know, Jason Kidd. He can watch. He could have watched as much film as he wanted to on this current Mavs team before he came here, and he could have, you know, seen what what Rick did with the team in the postseason the last two years and all that stuff. But, you know, is there something to, you know, he doesn't know these guys personally. He he wanted to maybe experiment and see if they if these guys could do a little bit more. Uh, you know, like like you said with Dorian Finney Smith, and then after. He's seen how it works out, you know, okay, well maybe we don't need Dorian uh, doing step back threes and trying to dribble as much as what we had him doing. I mean, is there something to that? I mean, is, 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 can we really knock him that much for attempting to get more out of these players or was there already enough evidence where it's just like, okay, you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place?
2: It's <laughs> a good question.
1: Because I can see it from I can see it from both sides, honestly. I
2: mean, I I think you could make the argument that it didn't matter because they've won the games they were supposed to win, and then they've lost the games that they were supposed to lose. Like they were, it's that's how it's been up until last night, where they that was the first game they've won where they weren't favored. Um, So I'm not what what gives me some good feelings is that they're not continuing to slam their head into the wall. that was one of the things that, that, that's been painful for us for years is we would watch Rick Carlisle just keep trying Dwight. And it's like, well, Dwight doesn't have it right now. Like, What, what are we doing? And so for the Mavericks to see that maybe less is more with both of these players, um, they'll each have their moments during the year. Like Dorian always comes around. We, we have a pretty lengthy track record of that at this point. Powell, I don't understand the attachment to uh, yeah. he, he's not even setting good screens anymore because they keep calling him for offensive fouls twice a game. Um, eh, I don't Which blame is- him. to answer your question. I don't blame him. It, it was worth trying, but now I think, you know, to, to we, we've, we've seen enough of some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think that's reflected in the box scores with, like I said, these last few games, uh, given how some of these guys minutes have decreased and, you know, when Maxi Kleba gets healthy and comes back, you know, maybe Powell doesn't even start anymore. You know, maybe uh-huh. maybe they put Kleba in there with KP, which I would be ecstatic about, you know, anything like that. Or even, you know, putting Reggie Bullock at three and uh moving Dorian Finney-Smith over to the four, you know, something like that, you know, it, it might not. Dorian, he's going to get overpowered a lot if he's in that position. But, you know, it gives you a lot more offensive versatility and uh, – You know, it's like we saw last night in the San Antonio game when you have KP at the five with some of these lineups. You have Luca, KP, and good wing defenders who can knock down threes. I mean, that's really the way to go for this team. It's been it's it's been delightful to watch. I'm super excited about it. Um, Having KP on this level right now and him going uh, as good of an offensive level as he's on, it really gives the Mavs room when other guys aren't on. You know, usually sure. when, when Tim Hardaway Jr. starts out as cold as he did last night, and I think by halftime he hadn't hit a three in, like, his last six quarters. He was, like, oh of 7 or o of 8 or yeah. something like that. And, you know, typically when that happens, because there were times last year, and I think, it well, most of the time last year, where he was the team's second best player and not KP. So, when he's off, uh, when Dorian Finney-Smith isn't hitting threes, when – uh, you know, maybe Jalen Brunson doesn't have it one night, which has been rare because he started out this season incredibly, too. He's a six-man-of-the-year candidate, in my opinion. Uh, but when KP's going the way he is, it gives the team more room for that. And to Tim Hardaway Jr.'s credit, uh, he finally got it going in the second half of that last game. He ended up shooting eight of 14, had 19 points, seven rebounds and
2: four assists. It was mostly in the fourth quarter. He had 13 yeah. points in the fourth. <laughs>
1: 13 points in the fourth, had a, a – run out, transition, dunk, roared at the crowd. You know, he, he really got it going again, and it was great to see. And then Jalen Brunson had 17 points off the bench. But
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
3: You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
1: One of the guys I want to get your thoughts on that we haven't talked about yet is Frank Nealakina because the Mavs signed him. He's on a two-year minimum deal. I don't think – I mean, we knew what he could do defensively, but uh, he shot really well from three last season, but it was in very low volume. So we weren't weren't really sure what we were going to get from him this year. And he's just been a very, very pleasant surprise and uh, sticking in the rotation so far for Jason Kidd. And he's he's playing excellent defense just like we expected – Uh, He's hitting down corner threes and even had a top of the arc three last night uh, in timely moments, too. You know, it's not just like it's not just stuff that doesn't matter. He's playing a vital role for this team off the bench. And I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, where were your expectations for him versus how he's performed so far?
2: I mean, my I didn't have any. And, you know, teams that are built the way the Mavericks are where they have some guys that are owed a lot of money need to find guys like this every now and again. Um, this isn't a, a one for one comparison, but like the Yogi Ferrell thing from several years ago, where he just kind of came out of nowhere and helped the Mavericks win a few ball ballgames. Um, Trey Burke in the bubble. Good example. Trey Burke sense, not so much. But you, you got to find guys at, at low-level contracts that can outplay what their what their deal is. And Frank, to, to date, is certainly on on pace to do that. Uh, I really like what he brings in terms of energy. I find any sort of offensive because like his shooting numbers are actually pretty bad. Um, he's like shooting very low on twos and he's doing okay from three. But it's it's but th- what do we expect him to do? Like I, I want him right. to hit you know i want him to hit one in every three three pointers and that's going to be good enough you know like that's that's just fine it's an added bonus you know that that five man group that you talked about that started the fourth frank was really effective and at least fun to watch in that because he 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 switches on to everybody he he doesn't really back down from challenges he's really aggressive um I think a lot of us are really into him is because he does a lot of the stuff that Dallas fans hoped Josh Green would figure, be able to do in some respects and just so far hasn't. Um, Frank is 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 a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I think the different lineups that he plays in, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they can get out of him. I seem to the, – like the level of trust that they have in him as a team early is nice. Like guys are passing to him for shots. Um, they don't mind if he's willing to take guys off the dribble. Uh, it's, it's, it's been good to see. I, I, you know, there's a couple of guys in this team who I've just, I'm not letting my expectations rise at all. I want to be pleasantly surprised every time they do something nice because it, it, it makes games like last night, all the more enjoyable because, you know, we, we went through some of the negatives, like, like Porzingis got worked. Luca honestly played bad. He yeah, was whiny. He was. And, you know, so you need these sort of marginal contributions to add up and overcome that sort of stuff. And we can see definitely by the end of last season, uh, the Mavericks just didn't have the horses to do that sort of thing. So this is nice.
1: Yeah. and I mean, it's it's kind of hard to believe that Frank Nilekina is still only 23 years old. And I mean, he's he's a former lottery pick. And you look at like where the Mavs started with Dorian Finney-Smith who was also 23 years old when he first uh, started with the Mavs oh, as an right. undrafted free agent. And you think about how far Dorian has come personally from that those first couple of years where I think a lot of fans were thinking, like, you know, maybe this guy gets cut in training camp <laughs> to where he is now as a 3 and D uh, pretty good role player. Uh, I just – I have a lot of uh, optimism for Frank Nealakina specifically because I think there was a lot there even when he was in New York. Uh, I just think it was kind of a, a a weird fit for him, and especially when you're playing with a guy like Luca and you have uh, KP going the way he does, the way he's been going these last couple games, it makes things a lot easier for your role players. And I think he's he's just thriving right now, and I'm excited about it. Yep. Uh, one more thing here, Kirk, and then I will let you get back to your day. But – um, Matt and Fish, I kind of uh, – I don't know. I won't say I annoyed them, but I, I, I started another pipe dream thing yesterday. I, I can't help but think about it. Nikola Jokic, he's good friends with Luka. He's good friends with Bobine. Uh, I thought he had a team option going past 2023, but that's not the case. He he signed a straight five-year extension. So, he's got this season and he's got next season. So. Uh-huh. Uh, that's my next big pipe dream. The money is the biggest hurdle because, I mean, like Matt mentioned, there's really not a reason for him to, you know, decline a supermax contract from Denver. But I think if we're going to have these kind of lofty dreams about the Mavs adding a true number two, which KP has shown flashes of, but it's never been consistent, then I think the Jokic idea has a little bit more, What's the word I'm looking for? I, I would be a little bit more optimistic about that than I would be the Giannis stuff, because with the Giannis stuff, we were just kind of hoping that Luca would forge a relationship with, with Giannis. And I mean, they have an okay relationship, but it's not it was like a basketball.
2: Boys. It was like a basketball and timing. Right. Thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but with Luca and Jokic, I feel like they legitimately have something there because uh, at, at the last two all-star games, they're riding on the bus together. They're sure. they're always rubbing shoulders. They were eating dinner together in the Orlando bubble. Uh, just, I don't know. I mean, am I crazy there? I mean, if yes. I'm going to, and I, I'm not saying... Keep going. I, I'm not saying that that should be the strategy, like the overall strategy, like it's been in the Donnie Nelson era where they just put all their eggs in one basket and, you know, they make, moves ahead of time to save caps base i'm not saying that i'm just saying they need to monitor something like that and if the opportunity presents itself then you pounce on it so of course i mean i think that would be an i that would be an ideal running mate for luca
2: well i mean the the at the moment he is significantly better than luca um, how's that for a take? <laughs> like, I mean, it's the MVP. Yeah, I, I, it's like, no, there's no, not a, no running mate involved here. But here's here's kind of the 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 optionality for this. If you're being so, they have Jamal Murray, who is currently rehabbing an ACL, who I think is one of the most underrated guards in the league. Uh, you have Michael Porter Jr., who just signed a the contract similar to Luca's, but he's probably not going to hit all of the um thing. It's 170 million dollar contract. Then they have Jokic, like they are locked in with the, and then they have Aaron Gordon, who is just the, uh, I mean, he's, he's what Sean Marion like he's, he's, he's this generation, Sean Marion, in my opinion, if he, if he keeps playing in this role, um, if their team was healthy right now, they'd be destroying people because we, you know, Will Barton as well, they just have depth and they're very good. So I think that the, the, any sort of challenge with that is I think it might be earnestly going the other way where Jokic is like, Hey, come play with me. We have better. And, and they have more pieces to theoretically send back. Now, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's always worth keeping an eye on whether somebody would be happy or unhappy or wants to change pace. Um, the Mavericks as kind of fans have have slowly figured out, um, because they they had to trade two draft picks to get Chris out Swersingus along with the draft pick to get Luca. Uh we've been really, really ham hamstrung on any sort of trade front for a
1: long time. Which you is got- odd because you know they they didn't have to trade that pick for uh for Luca. They could Um, have just sent Wesley Matthews for Kent Bazemore, but, you know. Which
2: Cuban vehemently denies. (laughs) He's basically saying Mark Stein's reporting is bad. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going to go out on a limb here and not uh, Mark. (laughs) Um, You know, who knew? But it's like when you're hamstrung like that, you get out from under this pick 2023, and then you have your picks after that that you can actually move. Um, and so it's like, once the Mavericks get to that point, I think that, that, you know, Luka will be, I guess there'll be three years remaining on his deal at that point. I can't do the math. Um, but it, it's, there's going to be a lot more, uh, we're all kind of annoyed that the team has stuck with this group just as kind of a, a big picture look at, at the Mavericks. Yeah. But once they have some more flexibility, I really do actually think they'll make some trades. Like I, I think they'll make some trades this year. Um, I do too. I you know, you it, 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 with what's going working you know it's like we saw some people chat like there was all sorts of like straw man arguments last night of people i want to you need to say you're sorry for crapping on kp we're not going to trade <laughs> any of these guys and it's like didn't didn't we do this in march of 2020 like i've been here before like you have to look for ways to improve your team the end like let's just be happy that somebody like i'm very happy that all these guys look good and are building something like they still don't look great. That's, that's like something we got to kind of emphasize here. They're nine and four
1: without looking great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And and that's kind of got to be the, the, the the tagline for our discussions, because even if they get kind of wall up these next six games, we've had this chunk of time where they've, they've shown some areas where of where they're going. And so to answer, you know, to circle back about your question about, about um, 2020, you know, uh, with Jokic, I don't see it at the moment, but I also think that, that, you know, if we understand that relationships matter, like Kyle Lowry, basically, you know, going to Miami way ahead of time, that's how these things happen is these guys decide it and make it happen. I don't know enough about Jokic. I know that he, he strikes me as like one of us in the sense of, he just seems to want to play basketball and then go home. Like he, (laughs) you know, it's like what makes him happy? Like his horses, you know, he's a new dad and you know, it's, It's going to be interesting to see. Like, I, 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 they're, they're, they're one of my favorite teams to watch because of kind of the versatility that they can play with. So, you know, if things go belly up for them, there's always that, there's always that chance because like he's, he's a guy that's entering his true prime and he's going to want to make the finals and going to want to be an NBA champion. Like, he wants to be one now. So that's, that's always worth paying attention to. But I just see it at the moment. It's just very difficult to see because they've gone all in.
1: So, yeah. And I mean, it's like I I wrote about this the other day, too. But in the NBA, in my opinion, your two biggest driving factors is one money. You know, that's up here. It's it's hard. I think Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis are the only two players to actually turn down Supermax offers, uh, which resulted in them being traded. But, you know, everyone else, when they've been offered that Supermax, it's like, yes, now, immediately, give me the money. And then below that, the next most important thing is the relationship aspect of it. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, you know how I am, Kirk. I'm going to f- talk my way into this with every little hug that they give pregame. And, sure. you know, at All-Star Weekend this year again, we'll, we'll monitor that stuff too. But uh, I'm really interested in seeing how Nico Harrison does uh, during his first full season, you know, he came in like a month or so before free agency this year. Didn't have anything to work with draft-wise. Uh, so I'm I'm interested in seeing how he approaches this season, how he approaches his first trade deadline. I'm interested in monitoring situations like in Boston uh-huh. with uh, uh, Jalen Brown or to a lesser extent Marcus Smart, you know, uh-huh. stuff like that. But uh, overall, I'm very happy with where this team is at. And, you know, like you said, to be nine and four after not playing the best basketball at times, uh, it's a great feeling. It's a lot better than starting out nine and 14 like they did last year and having all the COVID stuff and KP coming back late. And uh, it's just it's been a lot of fun. And uh, is there anything else you want to add to this before we take off here?
2: You know, not at the moment. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see Jalen Brunson's play the next four games because the two teams that are the, we're playing two teams in the next four games, actually, and then you put in the Cavs as well. So a so, lot of length. A lot of length. Uh, and And Denver, frankly, frustrated Brunson at times last night with their length. And these other yep. two teams, in my opinion, have more. So I'm going to be really interested to see what he can bring and do Because they, you know, he didn't play much against the Clippers last year. And I'm sure he has something, you know, he sure he feels like he has something to prove. So, so that's, that's going to be what I'm, I'm looking forward to to the next several games. Um, I might be saying this more for me than for everyone else, but the key to the next, you know, basically games to the end of, of, uh, November is to not overreact. Yeah. Everyone remind me of this when I, when I overreact.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, look, sometimes, I mean, people need to, Realize that when you're watching games and you're in the heat of the moment and then you're doing immediate recaps and, you know, letting all of your thoughts out there, I mean, you know, come back and listen in a few days when things have simmered down. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to overreact, but that's what we do. That's what everybody does, and it makes right. for it makes for good content. So it does. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing about Jalen Brunson last night. You know, I was thinking, man, he, they're really bothering him, and he's and not then having. He has, then he has
2: seventeen points. Yeah, I was like, yeah, how did
1: that yeah. happen? Yeah, eight of eight of twelve from the field, seventeen points and six assists. So it's like, okay, well, I hope he does that against the Suns and right. the Clippers. But
2: I just think he was missed. Like, of of his four misses, each one was like really ugly. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a typical, like, like one he hit the, it was a three pointer, or no, it was a, it was like a, a wing two pointer that hit the side of the rim. It looked like a bad Dorian shot. And I was like, that Jalen Brunson. So, you know, it's just, so that sort of stuff just sticks out. But yeah, I, I'm that, I that's, I'm, I'm really excited for them to see these next several games. Also, I'm really excited that we don't see a back to back till like early December. <laughs> this is yes. awesome.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's so great to have a full length season and uh, not having to cram in all these back to backs like it was last year but uh kirk i appreciate you joining me man uh before we take off here tell the people once again where they can find all of your work and all of your uh co-workers work so if you want
2: to come to mavsmoneyball.com check out we try to have a couple of things every day though we're kind of hitting that uh we've gotten past the initial burst of the season so everyone's <laughs> 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 um but you know there's a lot of game day coverage there a lot of uh, you know we have a variety of people that have very very different takes um which is is fun because you want to you don't want to all read from the the same theme. Uh, if you want to hear me, uh, Josh and I do a fair number of podcasts on the Mavs Moneyball podcast feed. I also host a regular green room called Group Therapy after the games uh, green room and these live audience shows. in Dalton can attest to this; they're really fun. And if you think they're not for you, you're wrong. Um, they're for everybody. Like it's nice. It's it's you know our 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 Wade made a. A comment on on um, another podcast a couple days ago just about how like toxic social media can be and he's not wrong but i will say with like some of these sorts of shows just because you're actually speaking with other people it lifts that element of negativity even if you're saying the exact same shit it's really something so and i I i can't
1: recommend it enough it really is group therapy like and and even if you haven't if you if you've never talked into a microphone or into a phone on a live show or whatever, who cares? Join yeah. it. Get your frustrations out there. Get your happiness out there, whatever it is, because even after a Mavs loss, you know, I've, I can attest to this in our own rooms and yours, Kirk, mm-hmm. you know, even if you start off in a bad mood, typically you in those rooms in a great mood. <laughs>
2: right, right. Like I, I I made a really extremely inappropriate joke. So I'm going to tell it again. I I asked if Dorian Finney Smith's dribbling was like a make a wish Thing or something oh, I'm like, why are we still doing this? What is happening?
1: <laughs> oh man, I missed that one. <laughs> That's pretty funny though. Um, <laughs> well, Kurt, again, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. And uh, it's good to do this midday for me. And uh, I'm glad you were able to carve out some time. And uh, like you said, you know, go check out the Mavs Moneyball podcast, subscribe, uh, go read their work over there. Uh, come read our work over at DallasBasketball.com and make sure to subscribe to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you've seen it in the bottom right corner the entire time. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and put your Twitter ad or Instagram at, some kind of social media way of us contacting you. And it enters you for a chance to win a Mavs Step Back t-shirt. So be sure to do that. Leave a review. And, guys, we appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your week. I'll probably be on here at least one more time before the weekend. And then I'm just going completely off the grid for about five days. So uh, I appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.